another type of pollution that harms the environment and living beings in a big way is noise pollution. Now you're all here for one reason. To rock! What's up everybody, here we go with another noise pollution, let's kick things off straight away, not waste a second of time, let's get into a track from Pure Envy, it's embodied by dust.
All right, that was Embodied by Dust by Pure Envy, four-piece thrash band from Newcastle. Check them out. Now let's get straight into my chat with uh, John Gallagher from New Wave of British Heavy Metal, Legends Raven. We, uh, we have a chat about the upcoming tour and a bit of the band's history and some of what to look forward to for the future of Raven. That's awesome. Thank you very much for joining us on Noise Pollution. It's great to be speaking with you. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, first and foremost, I've got to ask you, um, why has it taken so long for Raven to finally make their way to Australia? Uh, because we've had to swim. <laughs> and it's, uh, we're, we're approaching the final, the final few hundred miles of swimming, so we should be there. Right on time. Perfect. The 26th of June. Uh, it's been, you know, promised and set up many times and it fell apart more times than I care to mention. Uh, finally, we just got somebody who wanted to really, you know, follow through and make it happen. And to be honest, it's, you know, these things happen for a reason. This is going to be, you know, you're going to see us at our absolute best. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, for we're sure. at, uh, you know, a great point in our career now where we've got a, you know, a new drummer, there's a lot of new energy in the band, a lot of great things have been happening, and we just can't wait to get out there and kick some arse, as they say. And we can't wait to uh, have you here, that's for sure. Now, I have to ask this as well. While you're here, will you be playing your 2015 track, Thunder Down Under? Awesome. It's a it's a great tribute song to Bond, so I'm just wondering, did you ever actually get a chance to meet him? I did once in nineteen seventy nine, I believe. We oh. were playing the Newcastle Mayfair in my hometown of Newcastle in England. Right here, in fact. Um they were doing two shows back to back and there was fire in the venue, so they cancelled the first night. And we were there, and they were there, and I got to meet Bon, Malcolm, and Angus briefly for about five minutes. Oh, that must have been uh, awesome. The only time I've ever asked anyone for an autograph, and somewhere in one of my old diaries I have their autographs. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, so seeing as it is your first visit to Australia, what should we be ex- expecting from your live show? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
for sure. So um, you guys have got, I think it's 13 studio albums now. So how hard is it for you to put a, a set list together? Putting a set list together. There'll be more of that, you know, as as it goes on. Yeah, yeah. uh, Come across, you know, look at people's requests. I mean, we're we're looking at re-recording a lot of the stuff at a certain point, really more of an exercise or something that we probably sell at gigs rather than a a redo because, you know, that always comes across as just a little bit, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how good you're going to redo it, it'll never come. Yeah. I think we can uh, just approach it a little differently and it'll be it'll certainly be an interest you know yeah. uh, we've already done some basics on that and the energy is totally there so and yeah let's see and doing that is of course uh, okay Mike you've learned it so let's go play it <laughs> <laughs> so so when you are putting a set list together it keeps things interesting for us rather than you know keeping the same five or six rule songs and you know, it, it's gratifying to see a band like Judas Priest digging into their back catalogue recently and playing a lot of stuff they, didn't, they never used to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very much what we've been doing over the last uh, couple of years, you know. Fair enough. So when you are putting a set list together, you're so, more selecting songs that, that you want to play? You're not really aiming to to just do a, a classic set? good to me so um do you still have plans for a new raven album
one of the things we will do on these shows is we'll play at least one brand new song. Awesome. That hasn't been out yet. So we'll give you a taste of what's going on with that. Uh, the new album is, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. If I wasn't excited about it, it wouldn't come out. It's, <laughs> it's full of energy. There's some great musicianship, great parts. We really stretched ourselves. So it's everything you would want. It's fast. It's complicated. It's simple. <laughs> it's melodic. It's got hooks. And it's crazy and noisy all at the same time. So it's a real raven album. A few friends heard it figured it, it actually sounded as if we went back in the time machine and decided to continue on from the Wiped Out album to agree. <laughs> well, that sounds really and good. I kind of get that because there's a lot of fast songs with some complicated parts in it. But it's, uh, it's got the balance, you know, the, the craziness against the structure, the noise against the melody. And, you know, Catchy but crazy. That's all right. Yep. And is there a release date for that in at the moment, or not not just um, yet? From the end of the year, and if the record company has their way and fights us hard enough, it might be beginning of next year. But what we're looking to do is hopefully put out at the very least a digital single. And again, if we can have our way, we'll put out a physical single, <coughs> which would have a B side, of course, which would be fun. Yep. Either do a cover or maybe re record an old song or something for the B side to just make something special. Um, that would be out, ooh, I don't know, September, October ish, something like that, just to keep things going until the, the actual album arrives. Awesome. I think it would be, it'll be fun and it's a, it's a nice little taste and I'm sure people where we're going and what we're doing. Yep. And and how would you say your your writing process and, and the recording process has changed for you guys since the early days? Yeah, well, it's really changed on this one in particular. <coughs> I mean, we kind of uh, took the reins on our second album, Wiped Out, where it was, you know, we had an engineer who came in, it was his first project, so we kind of bullied him around a bit. Um, that's when we were aware of... Uh, we didn't have to play the same song 400 times to get to the end. The, even on tape machines, you could drop in. Yeah. And that makes the creative process so much easier when you don't bore yourself to death trying to get it perfect. You can just play until you screw up, rewind until there's a point where you can drop in and drop in and do that. Uh, so we've always pushed the aspect of trying to get it so it sounded like it was live this time around. And now we get to the point where we got Mike in, and Mike said, well, I do the drums by myself in my studio. I'm like, oh, so, so you use a click track? He goes, yeah, but I use a click track where it's like, you know, it, it varies, so it's got a human feel, so it's a little faster, a little slower, a little faster, a little slower. He says, put it this way, send me a demo, I'll do drums to it, tell me what you think. So I sang the demo of the song, and what I got back blew my mind, blew my head up. I'm like, well, I don't care if you're sitting in the book of the mall, mate, playing drums. <laughs> this is how good it sounds. Do what you got to do. Yeah. So <clears throat> he did all the drums that way, and we've, you know, done our parts separately. And it's, it's worked out great. And well, because it's... you've got that flexibility, you've always got the ability to say, oh, let's change this, and then he can go and change his part and send it back. And, you know, it makes the drums 
that much more creative when, when you know, for years, everyone else in the band has had the ability to go, oh, I don't like this, you know, let's, let's do this part over. And usually the drum part was something that was laboured over till you got a, a usable take. Now you can get uh, a creative take with, you know, fills and stuff the way you really wanted it. Yeah. And that makes the whole process, you know, better. It, it brings more to the table. And it's the, uh, the end product that matters the most, isn't it? You got dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um... Ravens had a, it's basically been a, a little bit over a four decade career now. How does that feel for you? Well, it's 45 years at this point. Yeah. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. <laughs> uh, it's humbling. Uh, it's a responsibility. Uh, you know, we do what we do in a certain way. And, you know, we're going to fly that flag. We're going to do it to the best of our ability. So no one will walk in and go, ah, oh, yeah, they were okay, but they used to be so much better. Yeah. No, that's, we're not going to be one of those bands where it's trading totally on nostalgia and you've got, you know, three fossils standing up there trying to make it to the end of the show. We've got more energy. Uh, we're playing better. And we're just overall better than we've ever been. We're enjoying it more, and we appreciate it more. So, why not? Let's keep it, keep it going. Absolutely, and and still to this day, you're picking up younger generations. They're discovering your music. They're coming to the shows. That must be a fantastic feeling for you as well. It is in many places. It's like three generations of fans. Yeah, it's just like crazy. <laughs> you know, you've got people whose kids and their kids are coming, and you play parts of the world like. And we just played China, and then when we played South America, which we're going to before we come to you guys, we're doing like 13, 14 dates in Latin and South America. Uh, there's like nobody over 25. Yeah. It's a whole new thing, and these people are knowledgeable, they know all the songs, they know all the words, they know all the albums. It's crazy. But it's, uh, it's really great, you know? Yep. It shows the, you know, the music, the music, you know, the torch gets passed from generation to direct generation. And, you know, there's no expiration on good music. Uh, you know, people, if it's good, then hopefully there's an audience out there for it. It's certainly working for us. Absolutely. Uh, you know, good times for <laughs> us, definitely. For sure. Now, I mentioned earlier that you've got, um, it's a, a 13 studio album catalogue. Is there a particular album that you'd say is your proudest achievement? Uh, well, it's like saying who's your favourite kid. There's some I like more than others. <clears throat> but obviously, there's, there's a few that jump out. I mean, the first three, because the first album was the first album. The, the second album was pushing the envelope as far as we possibly could. Yeah. The third album was working with a real, you know, known producer and working in a real studio. And then, you know, albums like Nothing Exceeds Like Excess. And we came back from, you know, losing our drummer, coming in with Joe for the first time, really coming 
uh, it's always been a case of, you know, whatever adversity was happening at the time and we managed to get over it. <laughs> like the Walk Through Fire album after, you know, Mark having this terrible accident in 2001. Yeah. And, you know, surviving that and learning how to walk and getting back on his feet, literally. Uh, it's just been onward and upward from then on in, you know? Yep. So, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly fond of the, the Panthers Back album from the Atlantic era, but we learned so much from doing it. It was all a lot of negative stuff, but, you know, you live and learn, and what it doesn't kill you makes you stronger, hopefully. So, 100%. percent we came back from that with one of our best albums, Life's a Bitch. Yep. So, you know, if that's what it takes to get to there, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you mentioned it's been 45 years. You must have some, well, you must have countless fond memories of your career. Is there one in particular you could share with us right now? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I think one of my favourite shows was in Oklahoma City in 1983. Are you familiar with the Blues Brothers movie? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So the band come out and they're throwing shit at the chicken wire. Well, we played a club that was just like that, but there was no chicken wire. Oh. <laughs> so Metallica went on first, and people were throwing bottles and BMRs and food, and they were horrified. And they basically hung out right next to the stacks, dodging stuff, and basically got through the set. And then we went on, and it was just like another night at the office because we used to play the punk rockers here in Newcastle and throw stuff at us and spit at you and whatever. And we walked out and were walking on the tables and kicking beers over. They loved it, so they continued to throw more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the result that you were actually well, hoping for. Yeah, there was, there was many crazy shows on that tour, that's for sure. That I, I can imagine. Speaking of Metallica, you, it's no secret that you, you were sort of integral in the early days of their career, and Anthrax for that matter. Are there any younger bands now that you, you'd like to sort of take out on the road and give them a bit of a, a leg up? Uh, there's, there's some good bands playing uh, all kinds of stuff. I believe there's a band from Sweden called Enforcer. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we took out, there's a band we played with and really like them. Europe 
but we never played. Oh, that's great. Or great. We played, you know, maybe one gig. So we got to the Baltics, you know, Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania for the first time. We played a lot of shows in Finland for the first time, Sweden for the first time, Denmark. Uh, you know, great. And then did the same thing again with Saxon last year, which was really, and it, it's, it's great for our profile because it's a lot of people that maybe know of us, but really don't know us. So, you know, we get to, we get to play with a bigger audience and get to play with different people. Yep. And that's really what it's all about. You want to keep your core following, but you, you know, you always, as a band, you want that challenge of playing with an audience that really doesn't know you and get to win them over. And that's what we're all about. That's why playing Australia is going to be so much fun for us, brand new audience, you know? Yep. And it's going to be very fun for us to have you here for the first time as well. But, uh, I think we're we're probably close to getting cut off here, so I'll, I'll let you go. And thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you in Australia next month. Excellent. I cannot wait. Uh, we'll see you soon. No worries. So there you have it. That was John Gallagher of Raven. Great chat. I'm happy to be able to share that with you. I love I love doing this. I really do. There's something really special about chatting with. Uh, musicians that you grew up listening to so i hope to be able to keep doing this for you for a long time you can actually see raven along with girl school and tank on their uh, australian tour in just a couple of weeks so here's some dates for you wednesday 26th of june in canberra at the basement thursday 27th of june in brisbane at the zoo friday 28th of june in sydney at the manning bar and Saturday 29th of June in Melbourne at the Croxton Band Room. It's going to be an awesome tour. Unfortunately, Venom Inc. had to pull out, but they were replaced by Tank, which is uh, it's going to make for a, a pretty awesome night of classic British heavy metal. As usual, jump on our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash noisepollution5150. Give us a like, give us a share, invite your friends. And, of course, check out um, noisepollutionnetwork.wordpress.com where all the reviews and other written interviews and things like that appear. And, again, share that with your friends. Help us get some eyes on what we do. Tune in again next time. Probably only be a couple of days away, actually. But uh, we'll be chatting with... Melbourne-based singer-songwriter Joe Matera.